Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the associate director of charts sales at Billboard, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? Well, hi. That was a really traditional way of introducing me. I know, man. I, I never introduce you by, like, your official title, and I'm usually like... The broccoli to my carrot, like, and may- maybe people don't even know you work at Billboard. The maybe Taco Bell to, to my this. Del Taco, <laughs> the Burger King to my Dairy Queen. I- <laughs> maybe people are just like, "Who is this Keith guy? Why doesn't he have like a like a title? Is he just like a big chart nerd that they pulled off the street?" Yes. But no, Keith. Keith works at Billboard. Um, Keith, we are here at the finish line of 2014. This is the final pop shop podcast of 2014 it is a special year-end extravaganza we are not going to be talking about the current hot 100 or billboard 200 we are going to be talking about the year-end charts a little bit as well as the year in in review the biggest artists uh the biggest surprises the new stars the one hit wonders the surprise smashes and all that and more um keith we got to talk about one thing first though you talked to somebody yesterday i did who was that? We're recording, we're recording us on Monday. You'll hear it on Tuesday. But on Sunday, Keith talked to someone whose name is Madonna. Madonna. And Keith. Madonna. 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 Keep it all So inside. you interviewed Madonna this weekend, man. This I is did. crazy. I know. It's nuts. Like, how, how excited were you? Because for those who don't know, who, who aren't regular listeners, Madonna is your, I would say your all-time favorite artist, right? Yes. Okay, so uh, how, without how question. pumped were you? Without question. So, so what was it like, man? Like, how? Let, take me through your mindset, like a couple minutes before this interview happened. Like, what were you thinking about? How pumped were you? Well, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so trying to um, not give you the long version of the story, um, <laughs> just because I could probably end up talking about it forever. Um, <laughs> So it's like a four-hour podcast just about your interview with Madonna. You know, I did suggest yesterday uh, <laughs> that we could just do an entire, like, every week we just do a Madonna podcast. I mean, we are back like, in the promotional cycle, so it would make sense. I know, right? Every that, week that, we focus be like, on a different um, Madonna hit. It'll be great. Okay, no, I'll shut up. That'll be like Adam Scott's um, You Two Talking to Me podcast where he, he just has, the actor Adam Scott ha- just has a podcast about You Two. Yeah. They talk about a new You Two album every week. So anyway, so anyway we're not going to do that, so anyway, but let's yeah. talk about <laughs> you, you Talking to Madonna. Yeah. So, so how, uh, how how exciting was it? Um, it was very exciting, obviously. Um, 
I think anyone, well, anyway, I mean, I would like to think that anyone would be excited to speak to Madonna because she's freaking Madonna. Um, she is freaking But I mean, Madonna. this this all happened because of what kind of started last week when we were talking about in last week's podcast about all of her demos leaking to the web um, last Tuesday. Um um, out of the blue, you know, she had a bunch of demos that were stolen, and we went into great detail about how disappointing that was, and it shouldn't be happening at Madonna, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, all of a sudden, out of the blue, on Friday night, she puts up her album for pre-order, announces it. Uh, Rebel Heart is the name of the album. It comes out March 10th. Uh, the album did not have a name. The album didn't have a release date until Friday night. And on top of this, she decided to release six tracks as instant grat tracks and also available to purchase as standalone tracks. So it was uh, a happy holiday. If we took a holiday, it would be so nice. Um, on Friday night for Madonna fans. And this was a way for That's her awesome, to sort man. of counter the leaks, you know, uh, change the conversation a little bit and talk about new finished recordings way ahead of schedule. Um so then on Saturday, um, I got an email from her publicist, her longtime publicist, uh, Liz Rosenberg, um, who has been her publicist since uh, Madonna joined Warner Brothers in 1982, um, asking if I wanted to talk to Madonna on Sunday. <laughs> and You're like, well, I maybe. Don't know. Maybe. I know. You know, I got like a lot going on Let on me, Sunday. It's Sunday. I don't really Kinda work. Going to, going to watch some football. Yeah, I'm totally watching the football. Is that is that football thing still happening right now? Football thing still happening. The football thing's the, the thing with the foot and the ball. and the, Anyway, yes. <laughs> I said yes. And uh, so, yeah, I talked to Madonna on, um, on Sunday. And um, it was great. It was a great conversation. We talked um, a lot about the leaks, uh, her new music, her first single from the album, uh, Living for Love. Talked a little bit about I don't know, a lot of stuff, but you asked me specifically how was I feeling. Well, yeah. yeah, well, so you were. I, I mean, first of all, congrats on the interview. It's it's a really great interview. She talked to a couple other sources, but I, I would say out of the three interviews she did on Sunday, yours was the best. I know I'm biased, man, because you know you're my podcast host, you're my friend, but yours was the best interview. And so my question to you was. It is, I should say. My question to you is, I'm, I'm reading this interview, and she's talking about the leaks, and it's obvious that it's been a very long couple days for her. How did she sound when talking about the leaks? Like, was she in the mode of, like, this was a total pain in the ass, or was she just kind of past them and, like, listen, this happened, and now we got to move on? Like, what what was her attitude like? Um, Well, you know, I... I it, it, she didn't sound, like, like pissed off. I mean, she she did. I mean, she when we got into it a little bit more. I mean, she she was very um, she was very specific, and she was very um, very aware, and also um, very um, mindful. It, she 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 had clearly been thinking about this a lot, and probably been talking about it for a while. And you know, a lot of the things that she was saying was probably things that she had been saying to her team over the past week or so. Um, and when, when I, when I kind of, if you read the interview, I, I kind of kept going back and forth with her saying, you know, cause I was telling her, I'm like, you know, and this did, I didn't put this into the interview, um, because it was sometimes when you cross over into that weird fan area, it gets a little funky to put into an interview. Sure. But, but I said in the course of the conversation, cause we were talking about the leaks, I said, you know, 
this is just sucky. It's it's just sucky. She's like, it is. She's like, I want. She's like, I want to play my music at photo shoots. I want to like dance and celebrate it, and I can't. And it's just it's sucks. And you know, she, she her voice raised, and she was she was animated about it, and she was you know upset, and and um, you know, she was also it was just like a frustration. It was just a frustration. She's like, you know, it's just the world that we're living in now. Like the internet is wonderful, but it also is it could be damaging and you know we're having to sort of navigate this and try to figure things out as we go along now and um yeah i mean she was animated about it and and what what i did say was and i didn't put this in the interview um in into the print version uh what i said was you know it's really sucky i said you know this is coming from someone who's been a fan of yours for a really long time i'm like I'm, i know you hear this all the time She's like, no, 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 it's okay. You can tell me. <laughs> she was basically like, no, 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 you can tell me. It's okay. Um, and I said, but I've been a fan of yours for like more than 25 years. And coming from like the fan point of view, like this is just so like sucky because like you had like this big rollout planned in your mind. Um, and that part of the interview, that's in it. I just left out the part about me being a fan for such a long time because it seemed a little bit weird to put that in there. Um, yeah, well, so here, the the thing is that it's it's hard to for for people to grasp the fact like just the longevity of Madonna's career where you know you you have an artist who's on maybe their third album or fourth album and it leaks or something or some songs leak and they're like well all right that's that's the age we live in, we live in when Madonna started out obviously there none of this happened like she didn't have to worry about these leaks and to hear her say like yeah you, you know I want to play my record at a photo shoot like that's an understandable thing because she used to be able to do that now it's like someone you know wants these demos badly enough and they want to leak them uh, enough it's going to happen keith you you broke a couple little tidbits of news she said she's possibly playing the grammys yeah kind of sly about that what was the most surprising thing that Madonna said over the course of this interview most surprising oh god I don't know I mean what did you think was the most surprising because you read it and you you you're the one who edited it and posted it up on the site (laughs) (laughs) that's true it was a tag team thing I mean I think that the most surprising thing that's a good question I think the most surprising thing to me me. (laughs) I know I think the most surprising thing to me was that she is still planning to go through all of the the music video like all of the traditional rollout points and did so and it is basically doing this on the fly i guess that's that's the most surprising thing is that just the amount of time that these things take to come together i mean i think i think it was somewhere that you you said that she wasn't planning to release her first single until valentine's day right and the fact that we have six new songs that a video is coming that all these like maybe a Grammy performance, all of these things are, are coming together so quickly. And I, I figured that, you know, after these demos leaked a, a couple weeks down the line, maybe we'd get some new stuff from Madonna and, and to kind of combat these leaks to kind of hurry up. And, but especially because it's like the holiday times, like no one wants to be doing this right now. And, and, but she's so committed to, all right, let's do yeah. this stuff leaked and we got to figure this out now. And talking about sleepless nights, it's really impressive. And that, I think that was the most surprising thing to me is that just she, she, 
came up with his plan kind of on the fly and now, you know, really delighted people a little bit before Christmas with these gifted six songs. People also don't understand, I think the general public doesn't understand um, how iTunes works during the holiday season. Um, iTunes effectively shuts down um, shortly, yeah, that's the that's the other thing. Yeah. Shortly before Christmas, they, they they're 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 done until the new year. So if you don't get your product ingested into the iTunes system by around December twenty second, um, you're not going to get in there. Um, basically, like you may be able to still get in there, but you will not be able to have your album. Um, in one of the the flash boxes on the banner on the banners in the front page, it won't have any front page front page placement because there's there's no they have a skeleton staff and there's no one doing this and this happens every year and so um, yeah, she said something in a different interview where she said basically you know we had a fifty yard dash to sort of you know turn this thing around by last Friday night in order to get it up onto iTunes and. People think, oh, it's really simple. You know, you just give it to iTunes and they just pop it onto the site. I'm like, really? It's not that easy. I'm like, yeah. you, you, if you were refreshing iTunes throughout the night on Friday night, like I was, it was like <laughs> you'd see like two songs, three songs. It would be on the website, but it wouldn't be in the iTunes program. Like, it takes a while for it to sort of filter through um, all of iTunes around the world as it goes through all the different time zones and all the different. Pro- it's crazy. Um, it is true. So. You know, it's that it's that craziness of of launching something literally at the last minute because this was not that this all came together because of the leaks. Like, so they had lit basically like two or three days to to pull this thing together. And by the way, the album is not finished. There is an album available for pre order where the actual final contents and the recording of said album is not finished yet. Yeah. So what's your what's your take on the new songs? I I. I wrote about living for love on Saturday morning. What what do you think about the the six songs? I gracefully bowed out of reviewing the single because I feared that I might be biased. <laughs> um, I think you might have been. I really I before you say anything, I really like the the single a lot. And I, what I wrote was that for the last two albums, and I, I really didn't like Hard Candy at all, and I, I was pretty okay with MDNA, but. I feel like what she was trying to do with her dance material needed to have more of that classic Madonna feel, more personality from the 80s and early 90s. And I feel like she's really captured that with these songs, especially Living for Love. It's just, it's just, uh, it feels very modern in terms of the production, which I, I believe is Diplo. Yeah, it's but. Diplo. But I feel like it's it's still the same person. It's not it's not Madonna trying to bend toward the sensibilities of pop music now it's trying to confine some of the patterns of pop now into her personality into her aura like i, I think that it's just a, a really great marriage of the past and present what, what do you think yeah i mean that's 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 sort of what's always been when madonna is at her best um what shines through is madonna there, there is always the, the the constant is Madonna. No matter who the producer or songwriter that she's working with is, the 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 constant through line is Madonna. The, the, that's that's what makes the records rise to a different level. Um, so when people talk about oh she's working with all these different producers and you know her her styles are all over the place, I'm like yeah, but at the core of it is still Madonna. Like she's still yeah. writing, you know, lyrics. She's still coming up with melodies and 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 musical ideas. 
And I think that you're correct. I think, especially on Living for Love, which is the first single, which is sort of a, a soul meets house music sort of thing, um, I think it works. It's the right balance between the two. And you know, we talked about it in the interview where we said that, um, and I, I left this snippet out because I was kind of rambling. I said, you know, it's kind of like, I said, you know, it makes perfect sense. Like the kind of soul sort of R&B music that you can do really well with house music. And I said, Madonna and house music. I'm like, duh, that makes sense. Like <laughs> Madonna, house, dance, duh. And, and that's why she said, yeah, it's like the old me and the new me like put together. I'm like, it's all versions of you. And we had like well, sort of a, you know, girlfriend moment. But um, <laughs> well, what's funny is that it's 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 easy to forget that the, her last two lead singles, which were four minutes featuring Justin Timberlake, Timbaland was in there. And then Give Me All Your Lovin', which was Nicki Minaj and M.I.A., she kind of sounded a little bit like a co-star on those songs. Yeah. And, and that, definitely, and that, definitely was four the minutes. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I think that was part of the problem with it. I, I mean, you have to go up back to Hung Up, I guess, to remember something, uh, a lead single this impactful, this full of personality. Anyway, yeah. we, we got we to gotta move on, man, because we are... Uh, this isn't you know, the Madonna gotta, podcast? We, this isn't the Madonna podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Again, great job on it, man. And for those who haven't read the full interview, there's there's a, a lot more that we didn't touch upon here. Check that out on Billboard.com. I will link that in the podcast post. So, Keith, 2014, man. Hey. What a year. 2014. What a year. What a year. What a year. So let's let's go through a couple. Let's break it down. <laughs> let's break it down. It's a packed podcast this week, Jason. I know. I know. <laughs> it's a packed podcast. We have so much to cover. So much to in, cover. So... Let me ask you a question. In your opinion, yeah. what was the biggest musical story of the year, Keith? Like, what what do you think will if we had to take away one thing from twenty third or twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen? If we had to take away one we thing, from way back. We're going way back. We're talking about Robin Thicke. Forget, yeah, we're talking about Robin Thicke. We're talking about the return of Daft Punk, baby. It's we're a, talking about capital cities. No, capital no. What, cities. What what will we remember? most about 2014 out of all the artists you think of capital cities i know man um i think wow i think i i oh i'm so bad at like picking one thing whenever it comes to these things where you ask me like what's your favorite this what's the one thing i immediately think of, of sort of recent stuff i immediately think of um album sales and in in going you know uh, into the tank uh, Taylor Swift removing her stuff from Spotify and then Taylor Swift sells a million copies of her album I immediately think of that I think of you know streaming versus sales and how we're moving to become a streaming um, society I also think of and this is because I'm not narrowing it down to one thing I also think of something frivolous like year of the booty you know I think of yeah. you know all the the bodacious rear ends that were on display I mean if you go from one extreme to another something very businessy and something very you know um, economic driven to something that's very sort of purient um, but then you have you know things that you know are just musical and magical you know like big huge hit songs that you didn't expect um, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of all over the place. I can't think of like what was the one big story. What was the one big story to you? Was there one? I mean, you started with Taylor Swift. Obviously, that's that's one of them, and just the fact that she's so outgaining other artists in terms of album sales and has, I mean, she was a superstar before 2014. But this seems like she. It seems like she dominated the entire fourth quarter. She kind of like sucks the air crazy. out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, I mean, that's a huge story. I, I, I think the biggest story in what we'll remember 2014 by, in, in the same way that I remember 2013 as kind of the year of Miley Cyrus and she dominating headlines that year, I feel like 2014 belongs to Iggy Azalea. I really do. I feel like the entire year from even the beginning of the year when, I mean, Fancy, the video kit for Fancy came out, I think, in February. And it, from there on, it's just been everything Iggy Azalea. Even this week, she's she's still, you know, Ooh, in the news for all the wrong reasons. Celia Banks. Or right reasons, I don't know. Yeah, T.I. is defending her on Twitter. I mean, it just seems Q-tips like... Q-tips going off on her. Yeah, it just seems like nonstop. Not going and, well, off and that's, on her. I, and you, let, me, let me clarify, because someone's going to say something. He was not trying to go off on her. He was just sort of trying to explain the history of oh, hip-hop yeah. to her and how she fits into it contextually. Well, that's the thing, is that she was just such a cultural lightning rod this year. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about covering music, is that people get in on the discussion when when there are certain things i mean not only talking about the quality of her music but the cases of cultural misappropriation or appropriation however you want to view it and uh, as well as the huge chart topping hits as well as you know having an australian white female dominating hip-hop charts it's it's just seems like iggy zalia her her star so it exploded this year that I, I think of her first and foremost. Um, and then I guess Taylor Swift would be number two, but hmm. it, and that's, and that's the thing. Uh, like, like I said, that's one of the things I love about covering music is that at the beginning of the year, if you told me that like the biggest story of the year would be Iggy Azalea, I'd been like, Oh really? Like the girl that TI has been promoting as part of grand hustle for a while. Who's I mean, still the white girl, that work song that didn't yeah, really go she's anywhere. Been, yeah. She was around for a really to- long time in the same way that like 2013, if you told me that Robin Thicke was going to have this, have the song in the summer, I'd be like, really? Are you sure? So <laughs> I mean that, that white guy who sings R and B music, I mean that white girl <laughs> who sings hip hop music. I know hmm. it's, it's just always unpredictable and it, it's been fascinating. And then to look, cover what, this year. look at what happened to Robin Thicke. Yeah. Will that happen yeah. to Iggy Azalea? No, I don't think so. She's had more I, than I, one hit. She's not like a one hit Yeah, wonder. she's had more than one hit, and I think that she, I, I mean, who was I talking to? I, I think that, oh, you, you know what? I was just, I was out to brunch yesterday with my fiance. and I know, brunching it up. With my fiance and um, and one of her friends who, who has an 11-year-old daughter, and the her friend who has an 11 year old daughter told me that her daughter's favorite artist is Iggy Azalea and she's dying to go to her arena tour next year and I I was just like wow like even 11 even 11 years old I mean obviously she gets a ton of play on pop radio she just has such younger fans I mean I saw it when I saw her at Lollapalooza it it wasn't like I was like the oldest person in the crowd at Lollapalooza and you know she's she's just a superstar now and and even though you know you could count the number of hits she's had on one hand she's i think she's gonna keep having them i really do mm. and um yeah i mean isn't the, isn't there like a new isn't there a new rumor that britney spears's next single it features azalea yeah it's coming out I, in early I think, 2015 i think our pal uh brad stern who we name checked last week hey brad yeah. um he's like super britney fan like he's he's yeah. If you think I'm a big Madonna fan, he's like huge yeah, he, Britney. He fan. outshines your fandom. Yeah, I will say that he he does it and does it well. I think he I think he reported <laughs> that that um, 
that, that uh, there's going to so. be a Britney featuring Iggy track. And I, but, it, I, it but be... I mean, even even this year, I mean, look at the song Booty. Jennifer Lopez originally had Pitbull on the, that song and was like... Quick, find another yeah, like hot person of the moment. Yeah, <laughs> that song. So people Forget obviously want to Forget that rapper. Let's get this Iggy. other one in here. I know. It's 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 crazy. Besides, so anyway, Pitbull so, wouldn't have looked that good in a bikini. I mean, I'm sure he looks great uh, in a bikini in the booty video, but you know, I mean, uh, Iggy is a little bit more impressive. Which you can have like sort of the faux lesbianic lesbianic action happening in a video because really, yeah, this year was that like the really faux, sells. You know, the faux lesbian because you think of that Shakira song with Rihanna. Good too. lord, that was so. And that that was that this year? No, it wasn't. That was this year, yeah. No, man. it was not. It was, yeah. That was that the was first like, single from the album. It was like January, yeah. Really? Are you yeah. sure? The the album the album came out came out in March and the single came out I believe in January. I'm checking that right now because I feel like that song was so much older. I know it feels. I feel like, I feel like it's ago. 2013. But yeah, and it's the uh, it's the horrible sort of like <laughs> like titillation with like lesbianism. Can't remember to forget you. No, good lord, that was Feb- that was January. Told you, man. Man, well, can't remember to forget you. We already forgot the single. Yeah, Except we remember so the let's, video. Let's mm-hmm. skip around uh, to a next topic, which you brought it up. Year of the Booty. You think about obviously the Booty video, but you also think about Anaconda and Nicki Minaj. I mean, th- these songs. You feel like the pop world is just looking at what Miley Cyrus did last year with twerking and kind of salaciousness and just kind of jacking that racy style. And, and I, I mean, it's obviously working. Do you do you think that that is what happened this year? Well, I, it feels like a weird sort of like like you know, bodacious accumulation, uh, culmination, yeah. a bodacious culmination, culmination. It's like, I'm like, uh, uh Don King or something. Um, trying to hype it. Where the, where the hell did that come from? Well, you know, cause he was like a bodacious, culmination. like he'd like, you know, hype a mic anyway. Man. Um, am I right? Did somebody, anyway, um, I, I just wasn't expecting a Don, a King, Don King impression. Yeah. Man. That's, 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 I loved it though. You can count on me for, obscure pop culture references um i don't know if they're all taking their cues from miley cyrus's wrecking ball video but i think i think i think there's something to be said about how there is a more receptive generation now to more kind of uh, challenging and sort of racy um content i think the 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 teenagers now um are so accustomed to seeing racy imagery on twitter and tumblr and the internet they've grown up with the internet like seeing like a booty or someone in a bikini or boobs like that's not that's kind of doesn't phase them yeah and it it phases older people because we're you know like we're basically if you think back to like you know, the mid 80s where you'd have like, you know, video vixens and like heavy metal videos or like Madonna showing her belly button like that was really racy. Ooh boy. Or like, you know, scroll back even farther to Elvis Presley, like shaking his hips on the Ed Sullivan show. It's just it depends on the generation. And I think the year of the booty just means no, that's just that's the way people are dressing. That's just that's just the that's video now. That's the imagery that we're used to. And it's yeah. it's it's titillating to some and it's just sort of standard operating procedure for others. Um, but it's still certainly titillating, um, period. And it gets the clicks and, you know, it doesn't mean that every video is going to work. You could have a really crappy, I mean, booty, the song didn't really go anywhere. The video was kind of a hit, but we remember the, we remember Jennifer Lopez, uh, 
and the video for Booty, but no one really the hit the song didn't happen. You yeah. know, it became. No, a, I, yeah. I agree. No, I think you're you're totally right. It does get the clicks, and maybe that helps its its YouTube numbers and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's not like you know showing your ass is is going to guarantee a hit. It, it never will. So I, I mean, it it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here because you have you know the year of the booty is i i feel like it's done year it's, of the full frontal <laughs> next up 2015 no. watch next oh man um anyway from year of the booty to one direction one direction <laughs> booties that we did not see this year no leaked booties from the one no direction leaked booties. but you know what <laughs> they are despite that in spite of the the no bootiness they're billboard's top artist of the year and Keith, before we move on, we named One Direction our top artist of the year. What does that mean in terms of the chart world? Um, oh, well, <laughs> what that means is um, basically when we do our year-end charts, they are based on, in general, chart performance on the Billboard charts between the uh, first charts dated in December of 2000, 2013 through the final charts in November of 2014 because, you know, we have to stop the calendar year at some point so we can actually make these charts. So it's not a full, you know, January to December uh, time frame. Um, yeah. So for Artist of the Year specifically, um, that particular recap, where One Direction is our top artist of the year, it ranks the best performing acts uh, derived from activity on the Billboard 200 albums chart, the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, as well as streaming, social, and box score data. And box score means touring, like touring grosses data, because we collect that as well. Um, One Direction had the biggest tour of the year with the uh, Where We Are tour, I believe was the name of the tour. Um, Their album, uh, Midnight Memories, uh, I think was the number four album of the year on the Billboard 200 chart. And... um, they also are huge in terms of their social uh, metrics. They're always big on our Social 50 chart, um, big streaming act. They weren't huge on our Hot 100 singles chart. They had like one hu- like sort of really big hit, but it was really about looking at their social, their touring numbers, and the, the performance of the album on the Billboard 200. And you combine all that together, and they came out on top as our top artist of the year. And I have a full recap of this, as well as our uh, top Billboard 200 album, uh, which is the Frozen soundtrack, and the top Billboard Hot 100 single of the year, which is Pharrell's uh, Happy. All that is recapped online, and we can link to it in the uh, story Boom. online. We will link to it in the story online. Yeah, I mean, it, we've said it time and again, but just what One Direction is still doing on their fourth album now, they just scored their fourth number one album in the U.S., it's just really impressive. This is not something that boy bands typically do. Even the most... You know the the huge ones in sync, Backstreet Boys. You you had their explosions kind of last around three albums, and by the fourth album, they were either done or they weren't relevant anymore. Yes, but to interject, I'm I'm half agreeing with you. Remember, those boy bands released albums w- with a much uh, long, longer oh, yeah. amount of it's time been much between. Quicker, them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One yeah. Direction has put out. Uh, four albums within like uh like like a two and a half year period basically um they put out two albums in their first year and then every year after they put out a new album so they've been constantly turning it now who knows what it'll be like 
next fall when we presume another album will come out. Yeah, but they already five. have a stadium tour locked in through next summer, so they must feel very confident that they're going to be you know, still hot in a year from now. Yeah, and, and as I've said many times on the show, their new music's really good. Like That's the thing about One Direction is that if they were just putting out stale, teeny bopper stuff still... You wonder how much, you know, fandom they'd still command. I mean, I'm sure they'd still be huge, but it just helps that there are songs that you don't necessarily have to be a fan of teeny teeny bopper music to to really get and appreciate. So, yeah, man, this time next year, who knows what will be going on with One Direction. They'll be done their their latest stadium tour and maybe they'll have a fifth album out. Uh, Who knows? But um, it's been another impressive year for 1D. Moving on, Max Martin, another big winner this year, scoring hits for Taylor Swift. Obviously, Shake It Off, he had a huge hand in 1989's success, but also Problem, Ariana Grande, Bang Bang, Jesse J, Ariana, Nicki Minaj. Huge year for Max. I mean, would you call him the producer of the year? I, I, I mean, I argued for DJ Mustard. I think on, it's I think it's tough because because yeah. uh, Max Martin's. Uh, uh, canon of work was limited to basically Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, you know, a J-Lo track, you know, the Jesse J Bang Bang, and then Taylor Swift. But all those songs were huge hits, whereas then you yeah. have someone like DJ Mustard, who we've talked about a lot on the podcast, who had a really varied career and did something like 20 different charting singles for a wide array of people, but they're all kind of in the hip-hop realm. So you could say that about him, too. Um, I, you know, I think... In terms of just sort of sheer hits, Max Martin had an incredible year, and he's been so consistent for such a long time. Um, and I look forward to him winning uh, Producer of the Year at the Grammy Awards next wow. year. Wow! Yeah, he kind of had the Midas touch this year, and my God, you and I could that. have a hit if Max Martin produced it. Like, I know. We don't even know right? if we can sing, but man, he would make it happen. Bang, bang, bang! Remix starring Jason Keith. Bang, bang. <laughs> I sound just like Jesse J. Not really. I don't know what I sound like. Do that. All right. So we got a Don King and a Jesse J. So far, we, let's let's see where Keith goes. As what, what, this look up that. Look up Jesse on. J. Shred. That 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 Shred YouTube of her doing Bang Bang. It's hilarious. She was awesome on the podcast, man. I mean, she did Bang Bang acoustically. It was really cool. I'm coming um, around to Jesse J. Uh, to a degree. I I I used to find her super annoying. Um, yeah, you called her anonymous on this podcast. Well, I think she still is fairly anonymous, but <laughs> I think I, in terms of just, You're I think coming around to the I'm anonymity. coming around to just her in general. In, in general, well, speaking of uh, speaking of hit makers this year, I, I think this was a year where you had new stars kind of pop up, not from out of nowhere, but but relatively unknowns at the beginning of the year. Not only solidified themselves with one song. But multiple songs. You think of obviously Iggy Azalea, who we talked about, but also Megan Trainer, who has two top ten. Surprisingly, hits now. a second hit. Who thought that she would actually be able to pull? Exactly, you know, man. Lips are moving. Up. Is for real. Top five hit. Uh, Sam Smith as well. Stay with me, but also his work on Latch. Just sold Bala a million La. copies of his album in the Lonely Hour. The only the third album in the United States in 2014 yeah. to actually sell a million. That's enormous. It's funny because I, I remember when that album came out and Lana Del Rey debuted at number Denied one that week. Him. Yeah. And he Sam debuted Smith at number two. Number two. Yeah. And we said on this podcast, we were like, well, you know what? Stay With Me is a huge hit. He's got the radio behind him. I think, you know, overall that Sam Smith is going to win this, Who win the, ba- the, win the war, if laugh. not the battle. 
So, Boom. but even though I also have Lana Del Rey on this list of, of stars that kind of established themselves, at least not in a different way than Sam Smith and Megan Trainor, not with a hit single, but really with festival performances, really strong album sales. Uh, so she had a big year as well. Ariana Grande had a big 2013, but just kept that ball rolling. How tall do you Another- think Ariana Grande is? About four eight. <laughs> she's taller than that i tower over her i've met her before and she, yeah i know I'm, i've 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 interviewed far, her before far, and far i'm not that tall taller. You're, you're taller than i am but i know i felt you like you see me dude you should have seen me on the women in music red carpet people like wanted me to crouch down because the the red carpet there was so insane photographers were like heckling me they were like this guy's too tall you're not so that like, tall six, you're I, like how tall are you i'm like almost six three oh. I'm like six two and a half yeah i'm pretty i'm I'm did, did you talk to Ariana on the red carpet, by the way? The no, week? she was running late. Boo. It was a shame. But yeah, she she is, I mean, when I'm standing next to her, I'm like, ho, 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 I'm going to eat you. You know, it was just, it's very, and I'm only like 5'9". She's just Dude, so petite and so little tiny. One, one thing that we are going to have on this podcast next year is more Keith impersonations, more Keith I, voices. I feel like it's like dumb like radio. It's like dumb radio voice Keith. Hey. I love it. I love it, man. I'll turn it up a little bit more. It's the holidays. I feel like we're all hopped, hopped up on sugar. I'm just hopped. I'm Christmas still flying cookies. high from the Madonna interview, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be coasting for the next two weeks off of that contact high. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, um, moving on, because uh, we're, we already got to wrap this up soon. But moving on, um, two other stars I, w- I want to highlight just in terms of really establishing themselves this year. Ed Sheeran, who has another uh, an album of the year nomination with his sophomore album, Multiply. He had some really big radio hits with don't and sing and now uh thinking out loud and you know he he seems like someone who's going to be around for a really long time frankly ed sheeran is just a dreamboat who's also quite talented it's 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 frankly well no no no. i was i was i was thinking about this last night truly um because um the the ballad the name of which escapes me where he dances in the video came on thinking thinking out loud thinking out loud came on the radio and one, I was struck again by how he doesn't sound British at all, um, but that's an old thing. Um, but it just, I just, I just thought about how he's been able to have such a great amount of success with keeping it really, essentially, pretty simple. You know, he does tours where it's just him and a guitar, and it's just him and his voice and the power of his words and the emotions that he can convey at the same time. In my incredibly, you know, limited interactions with him, I think I've talked to him maybe like two or three times on red carpets. Yep. So in total, I've talked to him for maybe ooh four minutes. But he has been always like hilarious, chatty. Um, seems like a really good, down to earth dude. Um, yeah, he always seems very honest. Like he's not yeah. like media trained. Yeah, I think in, it's the English the thing. Stock it's answers. a British thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's no, awesome. I just I think I think he really is setting himself up to have a really long career and um you know who knew who knew i mean i'm sure people that are hard, his hardcore fans knew this but he's 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 sort of building that kind of legacy um early on in his career that you know you can move on from you know like you know the sort of like john mayer type not like yeah. john mayer but you get the idea you know that sort of singer songwriter yeah, thing no, i totally agree and I, i've said this a million times uh, i've written it a million times but he could have done an album 
of all a teams of all just kind of tender folk ballads and and kind of stayed in that lane but you know he worked with people like benny blanco and rick rubin and pharrell williams and he he tried to really diversify his sound and, and still I, keep, I really think it works still keep it pure to ed sheeran though to still keep it very ed driven keep but it 100 ed you know yeah. like madonna keeps madonna and everything oh my god yeah. we can't keep keeping going it back in the so damn you isn't it well, enough that I say um, that Ed Sheeran's a dreamboat? Come on. Yeah, That's come on, podcast man. gold. Well, we uh, one other thing besides Ed Sheeran, uh, another artist, and, and then we have to wrap up. Uh, Lord had a big year. She, she had a big year last year, obviously, with the Broyles, but she scored another top ten hit this year with Team. And Pure Heroine, her debut album, uh, continued to sell well in 2014, and she did her Hunger Games Mockingjay thing. And song of the year at the Grammy, so she she's really established herself as well. Keith, yeah, we got to wrap up, man. We already Darn. have to wrap up. I know it is time for your chart stat of the week. Okay, so um, I'm actually borrowing this chart stat of the week from Gary Trust, who is uh, my equivalent here in the charts department. Uh, he has the he has the same title as me, except his is radio or airplay. Oh, anyway, um, forty four years ago, this month, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival topped the Beatles. Ooh, now isn't that an interesting headline? What I mean is, uh, in nineteen seventy, Credence Clearwater Revival reigned as the top album artist in Billboard's first year end charts spotlight that was the first year that we did sort of a a big to do about our year-end charts and our year-end review and uh it was december 26 1970 in uh that issue of billboard it was our first dedicated review dubbed talent in action of the previous 12 months biggest acts albums and songs and that year the emergence of credence clearwater revival as the number one album artist signaled a new era in music had arrived um they actually beat the Beatles, who had just broken up that year, and that was a really big deal. And, you know, uh, this particular honor, album artists recognized the performance of an artist on the Billboard 200s chart. Um, all of their albums combined, and Credence was the biggest albums artist that year. Um, it was uh, interesting that they would beat the Beatles, though, uh, <laughs> that considering, you know, it was the Beatles. Um, anyhow, we also had a cool uh, sort of forward-looking part of the Talent in Action Spotlight, where we talked about uh, upcoming acts that were going to be primed for success. Among them were the Carpenters, uh, for what we said was their melodic harmonies. Uh, James Taylor was going to be someone to look out for. We said he had a, quote, peaceful mixture of folk and rock. And also, be on the lookout for Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber, (laughs) who wrote Jesus Christ Superstar. And we said that it was... Uh, that epitomized, quote, the attention rock was paying to religion in 1970. Uh, so anyway, it's it's a fun uh, it's it's a fun uh, thing to revisit the first time that we did sort of a big year in hoo ha uh, back in 1970. So that there you go. 44 years ago this week, Credence Clearwater was uh, the biggest artist in our year end review. There you go, man. There you go. That is your final. 2014 charts out of the week all right that's going to do it for us at the pop shop podcast for 2014 and we will be back 
on January 8th. That's right. We are not taping a show next week. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday the 8th. We actually have a, a guest already planned for that one. It'll and be another fun. one for the following week, too. I know. We're, we're, we're kicking off 2015 in a bang. Just uh, really with a quickly. With a bang, bang. For, with a bang, bang. Da, just da, da, just da, wanted da. to say a, a quick thanks to everyone who listened to the Pop Shop Podcast in 2014. It's been an amazing year. We started in, 20, in October 2013, so this was our first full year and we did some great stuff and we got some really nice notes from you know longtime listeners and people asking us questions people expressing enthusiasm uh we see all that and we appreciate all that and keep listening because we're going to do some really fun stuff in 2015 and thanks thanks again from from jason and keith uh keith let's go out on like a prayer thanks for listening to the pop shop podcast until 2015 take care Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.